25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the west right tight. That's left. 372 Y-Stick The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Ride the train. <laughs> I have honestly only ridden on a train one time in my life. Well, it's twice. And both times it was with my daughter. We went to Batesville and rode on the Polar Express at Christmas. And she had on her pajamas, you know, with the other kids. And Santa comes through. They get to meet Santa. And they bring you some hot chocolate. It's like the Polar Express. Yeah. It's not happening. I don't. They don't do that anymore in Batesville. They've moved it somewhere else. But, yeah, that's the only time I've ever actually ridden on a train. I think it would be neat to ride one of those. Got to ride the city of New Orleans. Yeah. See, is, up to but is that Chicago. technically a train, though? Well, yeah. Okay. There's a lot of I mean, these. You, you want a steam train? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> you want a steam locomotive, I guess. Well, I guess the... what I'm saying is like, you know, you go to Atlanta and they have the, um, what is it called, the MARTA? Yeah, mass. I mean, that's technically not a train. Yeah, it's like a, I mean, it's on track. It's got, yeah. <laughs> walks like a duck. <laughs> Welcome in. I'm Matt. I'm in the Farm Bureau studio. Grab a chair, have a seat at the table with me, and jump on in the conversation. I'm interested to hear your voice, what you have to say today. You can call me on the Divinity phone. It is 995-1059. A while ago on the Divinity Equipment phone line, we had Charlie Winfield. Charlie uh, covers Mississippi State sports as a broadcaster. He does a lot of women's basketball on the radio and a lot of baseball on your television broadcasts that you know pop up on your well, it's not really television. It's on your iPhone, your computer, your iPad, the SEC Plus. He was on the call last night. And so Charlie was with us earlier. And coming up in a bit on the Divinity phone will be Ross Dellinger, who writes for Sports Illustrated. Ross wrote an article. I saved the link. I'm going to go read it um, here today after the show. So I've not read through it yet. But basically the premise is he went, hung out with Matt Luke and the coaches at Ole Miss. But really it was to kind of find out seemed like anyway from the headline to find out the uh, structure, what it's like, and why Matt Luke would bring in these two former head coaches to be his coordinators. Mike McIntyre is the defensive coordinator and Rich Rodriguez is the offensive coordinator. He wrote about that. So I'm going to ask him here in a bit when we get him on the Divinity phone a little bit about, you know, what it's like uh, there and what he discovered, what he thinks, those kinds of things all coming up still uh to somebody who asked me uh doggone asked me if i could 
find the audio of Coach Bianco's post-game interview after the loss to Arkansas State last night. I have not. Might be a tomorrow thing. I'll see if I can come up with it. But doggone Scott and Brooks and the mailman and Tim and everybody were texting on the text line at 885-ESPN. Tim texted, we were having a little throwback John Cruck conversation. Uh, Mountain Dog called in. He's a big Phillies fan. He remembered a, a, a funny John Cruck moment. He said John Cruck took batting practice at one point, walked over to the dugout and lit up a cigarette. And the mom of a child didn't like it, said something to him about it. Athletes shouldn't be smoking. He said, ma'am, I'm not an athlete. I'm a baseball player. (laughs) My favorite uh, John Cruck quote was, swing hard in case you hit it. And that was his hitting philosophy. Uh, Tim texted and said, I remember when I was in San Diego, John Cruck came up. That's right. He came up with the Padres, not originally with the Phillies. Said, but he came up and he was just a young pup. And if he hit it, it went a long way. He just had that about him, didn't he? He really did. And again, I don't know all the particulars. He was doing some broadcast stuff recently, and I always enjoyed seeing him, hearing him on television. But I, I, the, he's moved on. They moved on from him, something. I don't know where he is now. And I'll never forget the Randy Johnson, John Crook moment in the All Star game where, on purpose, Randy Johnson threw one high and tight. And then they kind of laughed it off, and he sort of kind of didn't really want to get back in the batter's box. He's like, what am I doing? It's an all-star game. <laughs> Old John Crook. Flip that switch right now. Back over to football. Told you about it earlier. Got a chance right now to chat with a special guest on the Divinity Equipment phone. It's Ross Dellinger, formerly of the Baton Rouge Advocate, now Sports Illustrated, and he recently spent some time at Ole Miss in Oxford. Ross I appreciate a little time with you here today, uh, this morning on the show. What was your time like up there in Oxford covering the football program here recently? Uh, good to be on, Matt. Uh, it was it was uh, it was good. I spent you know a couple a couple of days with uh, Matt Luke and, and Rich Rodriguez and, and Mike McIntyre. Um, you know when when Rich Rod was hired uh, in January. I, Kind of immediately thought, you know, I need to get up to Ole Miss because this is a unique situation. Yeah. Um, you know, two two former uh, Power Five head coaches being on one staff as coordinators, and uh, Ole Miss is the only only team in the nation with it right now. So I uh, thought I needed to get up there and just kind of see how that's going to work. You know, Rich Front hadn't been an assistant in almost twenty years, and McIntyre and almost a decade himself. Um, so yeah, it was interesting, kind of spending some time and seeing those guys uh, back uh, working uh, as assistants, you know, and, and talking with Matt Luke a little bit about why, you know, why he made the move, and um, you know, it's an adjustment for them certainly, and uh, it uh, yeah, it was a, it was a good time up there to kind of kind of learn uh, what's happening. I love the, the tweet you sent out; it really got my attention. Um, the teas on some of the things you said, teacup Pomeranians, the swear cup, Bill Parcells and polar opposites, Rich Rod and Mac. What about the swear cup? That got my attention. What's the swear cup? Yeah. The swear cup, uh, is, um, it's a kind of a jar that sits on the quarterbacks, uh, in the, in the quarterback meeting room, which, you know, Rich Rod's meeting room, uh, yeah. his position room, it's attached to his office. And, uh, 
any you know rich uh, rich is a uh, very vocal loud <laughs> in your face coach yeah and uh, at times um you know there will be uh maybe a word not fit for uh radio that <laughs> that maybe comes out of his mouth during practice or during meetings or whatever and every time that happens somebody's keeping tabs and he puts basically uh a dollar in there for every swear word and those dollars he eventually uh, eventually goes to uh, buying candy that he kind of keeps in his office in a bucket uh players <laughs> coaches whoever come by and and kind of eat on it uh all throughout the day so okay. it right. uh, kind of helps them uh yeah kind of little uh, it's something fun they do you know and uh, as uh, matt corral the uh the quarterback told me that he's seen rich ride uh, on certain days dump uh, a 20 dollar bill or or so in there <laughs> man bruce arians would be flat broke i'm gonna go ahead and tell you that he, <laughs> and, and and probably coach ozeron he you know he'd be flat broke <clears throat> Not just anybody yeah. can have a swear yep. cup. <laughs> That's good. Uh, if you're listening, Ross Dellinger is on your radio. He writes for Sports Illustrated, and I just retweeted uh, his tweet. So y'all follow him on Twitter if you don't. Ross Dellinger, spell it out with two L's. And if you're looking a little closer, can't find it, I'm Radio Wyatt. I just retweeted it. And it'll take you there to the link. He spent some time there. You know, Ross, so Ole Miss, the only team – employing ex-Power 5 head coaches as coordinators, and that seems unusual to me. I mean, I know it stands out, but it seems like year to year there seems like there are a lot of guys who are ex-head coaches as as coordinators, but how unusual is that? Yeah, you know, I started doing at least the research for the last five years, you know, so I I took, basically I took uh, uh, all of the coaches at Power 5 schools who were fired, so all of the fired Power 5 head coaches for the last five years, so 2014, 15, 16, 17, and 18, that kind of looked at where they are now. Yeah. You know, where are the – and there's 35 of them. So 35, 35 uh, coaches were fired from Power 5 jobs the last five years. So I looked at where they are now. And um, surprisingly, only nine of the 35 are assistants on a college staff. Um, and I believe it's – Three, three or four, four of those I think are coordinators, okay. um, and two of the four are on one staff in Oxford. So it doesn't happen that much. You mm. see a lot of Power Five head coaches go back to being head coaches, just drop down a level. Or in this case, this year, Cliff Kingsbury went up a level. He was fired at Texas Tech and is now the head coach at the Arizona Cardinals in the NFL. So you see a lot of them go to head jobs, or you see a lot of them that that just had. You just basically retire or don't have a job, yeah. you know, and, and just sit out. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of guys who probably could be coordinator right now, but they don't want to go back to being an assistant, you know, being sure. uh, being under somebody. I mean, uh, you know, I've got a whole list in front of me, but, but you know, Les Miles got set out for a couple of years and didn't do anything. He probably did. He did not want to go be an assistant uh, somewhere. Todd Graham, you know, he's I think he's living in Texas. He's not – working anywhere probably could be an assistant somewhere so a lot of people a lot of coach former coaches don't do it when you get to that head coaching level especially at the major college level you don't want to go back and be on a staff um so yeah that's why Ole Miss situation is uh incredibly uh unique because not only do they have one former power five head coach as an assistant but they have two and they're both coordinators um 
So, yeah, it, it is actually an unusual kind of unique situation uh, going on there in Oxford. And I think everybody in the college football world, it, when when everything, when Rick Rod was hired, uh, they're kind of looking at it saying, well, I wonder how this will work. Mm-hmm. Well, and there's a million questions, and I know you address a, so much of it in the piece. I hope people will go and read it. You know, but I just wonder, why did they do it? You know, what was it about, in, in your sense, Ross, what was it about Matt Luke, the school, or the football program that led two former head coaches to go, yeah, I'll go be an assistant and take the job? Right. Yeah, and, you know, other part of this, too, we, we talk about the former head coaches not wanting to drop back down and be an assistant again, but it's also those head coaches like Matt Luke don't necessarily hire uh, or yeah. want to hire uh, these guys, you know. So, so Matt, and that's something me and Matt talked about, and he's quoting the story about, you know, you can't have an ego in this business. you, you got to hire the best. You, you can't have an ego. Um, but, you know, each of their situations obviously is different. You know, Mac, Mike McIntyre, um, it was pretty clear to me why he made this move. Um, he really enjoys Oxford. Uh, he's close to his home in Nashville. Um, his wife and him, you know, kind of native uh, Nashville to the Nashville area. Um, this is his third stint with Ole Miss. Uh, his dad coached there back in the seventies as offensive coordinator. Actually, uh, Mike went to middle school in Oxford, um, and then he was back from Cutcliffe staff. You know, in the late nineties, early two thousand. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he worked with Matt Luke at Ole Miss um, a little bit for one year, and then at Duke. So they they kind of go back as well. So. That one makes a lot of sense. There are a lot of connections that that Mike had um, to Ole Miss and to Matt Luke. Rich is a little different, you know. Um, Mike actually was involved a little bit in, in hooking uh, Rich and uh, and Matt up uh, because Rich and Mike obviously were Pac-12 South rivals um, as head coaches at Colorado and at Arizona. So um, they kind of. Rich's situation is a, is a little different. They, you know, I think Matt was looking for somebody who has shown in the past that he can do a lot with maybe a little. Um, is kind of how Matt put it, and uh, I think he what, what he means there is, you know, you might, you know, Rich might not have had the best talent at West Virginia or the best talent at Arizona. Um, he he made it work, and he won a lot of football games and I think at Ole Miss especially right now with the NCAA stuff kind of still lingering a little bit and, and you know all that stuff um you know you're not going to have the talent that LSU or Alabama or whatever has the teams you play so he wanted a coach to come in and um you know uh, uh bring bring uh bring that what he's done at other places where he can he can do a lot with maybe um what he's being he can out scheme maybe uh while he's he's being in a way, uh, out-athleted, if you will. Yeah. Uh, now, why Rich Rod decided to do it? You know, he Ross Bjork told me, you know, he wanted to be in the SEC. You know, and, and he wanted he wanted to be back in football in general, but he wanted to be in the SEC, and uh, he wanted to be in the South, and he wanted to coach in the South. And I think he's pretty excited about seeing how his defense, uh, or his, his excuse me, how his offense scheme will handle a life week in and week out in the SEC. Yeah. Ross Dellinger, Sports Illustrated, on your radio. There, there are a lot of people out there that, whether it's internet land or social media land or whatever, and, and 
those have their own connotations. But when the hires happened, thought, "Uh uh-huh, there's two former head coaches looking at a place that's got a, you know, a a current head coach that ain't going to be the head coach very long, and they're going to move in there and try to slip on into the permanent head job. That was at least a talking point or, you know, something that was speculated. What do you think about that idea? Yeah, you know, it was. I remember that coming up. And, and actually, uh, I quote in that story, Scott Roussel, who, who runs footballscoop.com and kind of uh, has a lot of connections in the coaching industry. And he would, I didn't quote him in the – I did quote him in the story, but not about this subject, but we did talk about this. And he said throughout the industry – that is kind of what was thought about when the hires were made. Mm. And uh, and he even said now, after looking at it a few months later, it doesn't feel as much about that um, yeah. now. You know, and I, I think if I think if that were the you – know, this was all, at least from what Ross Bjork tells me and Matt Luke tells me, this was all Matt Luke's decision. And, you know, I don't, I don't think uh, anybody else had uh, a whole lot um, of involvement with it, except Bjork to just approve the hires, basically when Matt brought them uh, to him. So I, I you know, I, I think that was a talking point when the hires were first made. Um, but you know, uh, you know, Ross Bjork sounds like a guy behind his coach, and I mean, most would be, I know. Um, but he does. He he even agreed with Matt that this feels like more of a year one than a year three. Uh, yeah. The NCAA stuff is. Is all gone finally. Uh, Matt has his own staff. Most of the players he recruited, you know, signed with him as head coach now, or at least a majority of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you hear from Ross, and you hear a guy that um, that's behind his coach. But you know, winning is everything, as, <laughs> yeah. we, as we know, um, Matt. And, and uh, I think he's got to win, and, and the pressure certainly is on. But it does kind of feel like, uh, as as Ross put it. Um, we're kind of starting over. We're kind of in a starting over mode here. Um, but still, you know, it, you, you got to win, and and uh, I'm sure a bowl game is the expectation level, um, at least right now. Sure. Ross Dellinger on your radio wrote a great piece at Sports Illustrated about the, the inner dynamic in that coaching office at Ole Miss with Matt Luke, the head coach, but two former Power 5 head coaches as coordinators. One last thing for you, Ross, real quick. Uh, Scott, who listens to the show, he just texted in, and he's wondering about the pay the pay difference between the two. You know, one of those two is getting $1.5 million, the other one's getting 900000 Why the difference? Is it just like previous contract stuff and how the buyouts for this and that and payouts from previous schools played out? Is, is that kind so of that, what it goes back to? Yeah. That's a uh... – that's a great question. Um, I uh, and I, I remember seeing them, you know pulling up their salaries and, and thinking, well, I wonder, I wonder why there, there is that six hundred thousand dollar difference. Um, and usually the case is uh, when it when it's something like that is that uh, you were you are in a a bidding war mm. with another school for that person's skills. Um, mm. So, you know, Mike McIntyre back when he was hired in mid-December or so um, was probably being courted by other schools to either be a D.C. or even potentially a head coach. And uh, maybe Rich Rod wasn't as much being courted. Um, and we all know about how Rich Rod, you know, was fired and in the harassment claim, uh, although the investigation of the university 
it turned out that that it was a, a false claim and you know never even went she never even filed it in court by the way so mm. um but there were some schools that rich rod even admitted kind of called him damaged goods they they were interested but they kind of backed off so i think old miss was dealing with a situation where one coach uh was a little uh hotter you know with some other places probably and they had to kind of pony up the dough to get him uh-huh. in uh, McIntyre and didn't have to as much for Rich Rod. But both these coaches aren't really, you know, hurting for money. Um, <laughs> Rich Rod just uh, is going to get around $6 million uh, in a buyout uh, money from Arizona, and McIntyre is going to get around $7 million. Mm. Yeah, they're not hurting. Even, you know, even <laughs> – that- that amount will even buy plenty of property in Oxford, which is expensive, but it'll do it. All right, uh, Ross, I really do appreciate it. I'm going to make sure everybody knows where the link is again, and I just appreciate you talking about it with me. Good job, as always, and good to catch up with you again. We'll see you soon. All right, man. Sounds good. Bye-bye. That's Ross Dellinger, Sports Illustrated. Follow him on Twitter, at Ross Dellinger. I retweeted it for you. I'm Radio Wyatt. And you'll see the link there, the Sports Illustrated piece about that dynamic. The only school in the country with Power 5 head coaches as its coordinators is in Oxford, Mississippi. How about that? Read all about it there at sportsillustratedsi.com. More to come. Stick around. just brought up a really interesting way to look at a topic. And everybody always talks about, you know, their favorite movie and movies that you don't mind watching over and over. And, hey, what movie comes on? You have to watch it every time, you know, and your favorite shows and all that. But the way Roger worded it, I thought was very interesting. I'll tell you what that is. I'm Matt. I'm in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau. Go! With the home team at Farm Bureau, the show stays connected to you around the clock because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire. They are customer-inspired at C Spire. Give me an example. You can join prepaid by C Spire and get two lines of unlimited for $35 each, plus two free phones. How about that? Prepaid with C Spire. Two lines, unlimited each, $35 each, and two free phones. You can't beat that. That's all on t- uh, the top-tier network that won't give you lower data priority. So finally, prepaid, it's customer-inspired. That's right. It's right there at C Spire. Go to cspire.com. So the way he worded it was th- there was some movies or a particular movie, Roger said, that he wishes he could go back and watch it over again for the first time. Now, think about that for a second that really is a true test what what is it that you would love to go back 
and see it again for the first time. Go back in time, see it again for the first time. A really good way to look at it, good way to phrase it. And I actually tweeted it out there. I said, um, what movie do you wish you could go back and watch again for the first time? So far, the responses were The Usual Suspects, E.T., The Matrix. Oh, yeah. Drew said uh, Jurassic Park and the Lord of the Rings trilogy. And nobody, nobody's going to say Lost, the series? Uh, the, the series Lost. I never watched Which one of them. Absolutely nowhere. Yeah. I think we, by the, the end of season eight or whatever, people were kind of agitated. Yeah. But it turned out it wasn't really... They didn't really wrap it up right. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I never watched one of them. Um, <clears throat> movie we were talking about in the break. Well, there are actually a couple of them, though. Steve Martin movies. Oh, some yeah. Of those. Yeah. That's awesome. Plane, uh, planes, train, trains, planes, and automobiles. Which came first? Planes, trains, and automobiles. Planes, trains, Because that's kind of the order that, he, that they right. went in in the movie. Right. And the Dirty Rotten Scoundrels is another one. Then you said The Jerk. And yeah. I, what comes to mind when you think of the jerk? What scene? <laughs> the scene where he's at the gas station. I picture okay. him in that, that jumpsuit at the gas station. That's the one I, I picture. I picture him writing the checks for whatever, so many dollars and so many cents. It's like a dollar and something. He's having to write all these uh-huh. millions of checks. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. A, his hand's all messed up, you know? Uh-huh. Right. Yeah, there's a lot of You know, movies... I don't know. For me, um, that's the one he starts out. I was born a small black child. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. And he wasn't, obviously. Uh, Ronnie says the sixth sense. Yeah, because oh, yeah. you know anyone now where the major part of the movie is some big, uh, you know, dramatic twist. Well, now that you know the twist, you can't watch the a lot of the movie the same way. So that's a good point, Ronnie. And for me, I, I don't know. It's hard for me to come up with that that one. Maybe I'd like to go back and watch for the first time all over again. I have a really hard time figuring that one out. It's a tough question for me. What well, about in ex- the old movies? I would go with Midway and Tora, Tora, Tora. There you go. Yeah. I think um, Lonesome Dove, all the spaghetti oh, westerns yeah. with Clint Eastwood. I'd love to be able to go back and watch those for the first time. I have no previous knowledge. Andrew on the text line says Christmas Vacation. Yeah, you talked about that in the book. I love it, yeah. And Scott says Wizard of Oz. Christmas Vacation. Love to be able to watch that one for the first time. Uh, what about experiences? i tell you an experience in my life that I wish I could go back and experience that again for the first time. Because I still remember the first time like it's vivid. I don't remember all the ancillary outside details of this experience of going to a professional baseball game for the first time. But I just remember the moment, what it was like the first time we went, we go into Atlanta Fulton County stadium. This would have been mid early to mid eighties. I was small. We go into Atlanta Fulton County stadium. And if you ever went to that way back when you'd remember that, it's built like a lot of the old stadiums in that it you know it completely and perfectly round the whole thing. There was no odd shape to it, so it's a perfect circular coliseum type thing. But it's obviously not indoors; it's outdoors. But there's the the concourse that you walk through this big concrete hallway where all the concessions were in the bathrooms that 
goes around the circumference of the stadium, 360 degrees all the way around. But at no point while you're in the concourse can you see the field. You're just in this big hallway. You've got to actually find your gate with the sign hanging up top, and it points you into this breezeway, which you can see it's going to, you're going to now exit the concourse and walk out onto this ramp that's going to lead you out to where your seats are. And as a little kid, we go into the concourse. I didn't throw a fit, but I just, and I didn't do as much as a kid, but I had to have something from the little concession area. And they bought me the little small helmet, and it came in a bag. It's like a drawstring bag, and it had the Atlanta Braves logo on it with the old, you know, screaming Indian, uh, Brave, um, I guess Chief Nakahoma, on the bag. They've since done away with that logo or that moniker anyway. That's pretty good, though. It is good. And, I, and I, I've got the helmet. That's the first time I've heard that. Is that really? I'm not Never a big fan of baseball, but yeah. that, that's pretty clever right there. Chief Nakahoma. Yep, <laughs> that was him. And I'll never forget, and I have the bag in my hand. I'm clutching it, and I'm holding Dad's hand, and now it's time for us to turn. Here's our seats. We're going to leave the concourse and now walk up. We can see this. I can see daylight. We're kind of uphill down out to the little breezeway, and when you take about ten more steps and your vantage point, the horizon now peeps out of the breezeway into the stadium, and for the first time you lay eyes on the field. The greenest grass you've ever seen. The biggest just anything my little eyes had ever laid eyes on. All these seats, these multicolored seats throughout Atlanta, Fulton County. Down low, some of them blue. Out there and left, some of them are orange. (laughs) The different rows, different colors. It was just, I mean, it's the biggest thing I've ever seen. And down there was the biggest, most well-kept, beautiful baseball field I've ever seen. Sun hitting it. Green you grass. The peanuts? Well, of course. You know, and for the first time you ever in person, you have people walking by going, peanut! And popcorn. All yeah. merged together into Cold beer. Oh, course, yeah. You know, selling beer. How many of those did you get? <laughs> Didn't get any of those. But that experience, for the first time of... As a kid, the first time you walk through that little breezeway, that tunnel, up the ramp and peer over, and now you're in the stadium, and boom, there's the stadium and the field. And the first time you see that, it's just hard to put into words how spectacular the whole thing is. They haven't even thrown a pitch, and the, and, and it's a spectacle already. Had so you th- seen it on TV? Oh, yeah. Had seen At it on TV. Okay. And, and so – you know, you have that experience of, boy, this place looks different in person than it does on TV. The whole thing looks different in person <laughs> than it does on TV. Really do wish I could go back and experience that again. And that, but there's still a tinge of it every time. You know, like you go into a big stadium and you walk through and you see it. That's why, like, reporters and media people and fans alike, every time they go to a big football game in a big, you know, 70,000-seat stadium, they always tweet in pictures of the field. It's just really cool. Somebody says, oh, brother, where art thou? The Godfather. Oh, yeah. That was some good ones. Any of the good ones, I guess. All right. Rolling along. We'll finish it up here with you next in the Farm Bureau studio. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. 
Knock him out, John. We're back. I reckon we're back. <laughs> I did it again. That's okay, though, because anytime I hear Jerry Clower, I know that I'm, I'm supposed to be on the air. I kind of like that. A little shakeup is good every now and then. Everything doesn't have to be the same. Yeah, I do, you know, perfection. Why bother, really? I'm so far off. The Raisin Police have struck. Raisin Police. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. Let's see. Dehydrated grapes from Queens-based Deshi Distributors LLC could kill you, it says, if you have a sulfite allergy. The company, Deshi Distributors LLC, Queens, New York. The company has issued a recall for 3.5-ounce, 7-ounce, and 14-ounce bags of its golden raisins due to the detection of undeclared sulfites, chemicals that can occur in dried fruit and to which approximately 1 in 100 people are sensitive. If you're one of them, and if you go ahead and eat these raisins anyway, you might risk serious or life-threatening allergic reactions. How about that? Now, keep in mind, though, you and I eat sulfites all the time. Yeah. I guess it's the people who have the allergy not knowing it's in there that's the big deal. Right. It'd be like a peanut allergy, same thing. Like it's super serious for someone who has a peanut allergy, but for those of us that don't, not a big deal. On the movie thing, somebody also said Rocky. Why didn't we think of that? Wouldn't you like to go back and watch Rocky and the Russian again? Sure you would. Uh, Personal note, Roger, I just got a text from uh, the homecoming queen, and all it Mm. said was, Send code. <laughs> oh, she must be bringing you something. Oh, uh, well, I sent. Do you back, have a door code thing or what? Well, I do. I sent back what code? <laughs> <laughs> What's the frequency, Kenneth? <laughs> Ground control. <laughs> now she's mad. She yes, because the outside here this thing has she was probably bringing you some donuts or something very nice (laughs) hot coffee or something well look how she texts me back because there is a code on the door to get in here and she just texts me back and it says for the door matt (laughs) oh but you put the name of somebody in the text that's uh, that's like saying you you moron (laughs) why not that's it just take my name out and just put dummy on there for the door dummy for the door idiot just like in your intro. <laughs> For the door, Call me a Matt. Jerk. <laughs> <laughs> Lord of mercy. She is a mess. I'm telling you. We get into that all the time. All the time about me reading her mind or not being able to. See, in, in her way of thinking, there are just certain things that ought to go without saying if I'm paying attention. You know what I mean? That's the way she thinks about it. It's, so you're being tested constantly. Well, yeah, sort of. <laughs> because me, for instance, 
I guess I'm not paying attention a lot of times. What it is, I got a million other things I'm thinking about, and it's hard to keep up with it all. And I, I need most people around me to be pretty clear. <laughs> That's what I need. Keep it basic. <laughs> yeah. There's a bunch of doors you got to go through to get in here. Now I just hope some of those aren't locked. They could be once he actually gets in the front door. It's, it's, hey, is that guy that we talked about here last month double parking in front of your and He's getting better. Uh, you know, Brandon Walker is in here too. And, uh, and, <laughs> well, you and, know, he's so soft-spoken and reserved. Oh, Lord of mercy. I, I dread the day that he, like, keeps him out of a parking space and is around here because Brandon's going to chew him up and spit him out. Loud, loud mouth. Loud mouth Brandon. But I, I, he's doing better. <laughs> uh, but some people just can't park. Um, so Scott just texted the show, and it's this point of the show where you realize that every now and then this just becomes a one-on-one conversation that you can listen to. <laughs> Scott texted the show and said, y'all got any TV history today? <laughs> Let's see, Scott. Um, yeah, you, gotta, you didn't check your page. I'm checking the page here. On this day in 1968, John Lennon and Paul McCartney appeared on NBC TV's The Tonight Show. Joe Garagiola was sitting in the, uh, for Johnny Carson. During the show, the establishment of the Apple record label was announced. Joe Garagiola filled in for that? Johnny Carson? I used to like that guy. I still do, I guess. He's gone on. He's gone on. <laughs> he was a baseball player, baseball announcer, sports guy. But I didn't know that he hosted the Tonight Show. He's kind of in the Terry Bradshaw school of broadcasting. Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. Uh, on this day in 1979, the final episode of Starsky and Hutch was aired on ABC. 1981 on this day, the Harlem Globetrotters on Gilligan's Island was aired. Now what? <laughs> Hold on a minute. I missed that one, I think. <laughs> Roger. Harlem right back in your hero, your hero, your tail. <laughs> I know what the first hour of uh, after this show is over is going to be for me. It's going to be getting on YouTube to try to find Harlem Globetrotters on Gilligan's Island. What in the world? There you go, Scott. And <laughs> look that one up. Look it up. Hey, um, before I run completely and utterly out of time. Two points for you today if you're tuning in. One is, you might have just tuned in. There was some cool stuff earlier in the show. Um, early on, Charlie Winfield was on the Divinity Equipment phone line here on the show talking about baseball. Charlie has called a bunch of the state baseball games this year on the SEC+. Plus. He was on the call last night. He'll be on the call for two of the games this weekend. And so we, we kind of talked about the significance of what state has done going undefeated in the midweek. They've only had 10 losses all year long, and you, it's just incredible what they've done. But especially if you're a Mississippi State baseball fan, you're going to enjoy that. It's available for you now on demand. So look at my Twitter feed, at Radio Wyatt. Also, you can just go straight to thezone1059.com. It'll be there for you on demand. Also, um, later in the show, Ross Dellinger, who writes for Sports Illustrated, he spent two or three days – with the football program at Ole Miss. And what he wrote about is the fact that Ole Miss is the only team in the country that has two Power Five former head coaches as its coordinators. 
They're the only one, Ole Miss. And the whole dynamic of McIntyre coaching the defense and Rodriguez coaching the offense, and in the middle is a head coach, Matt Luke, who at one point people thought was lame duck. So it's a really interesting deal. We talked with Ross. It was a good interview, and I think you'll enjoy that. And it, too, is available for you on demand. Go to thezone1059.com or check out my Twitter feed at Radio Wyatt. Now, here's the other thing. So just keep in mind, baseball this week, college baseball this week, final weekend of the regular season is Thursday, Friday, Saturday pretty much for everybody because it's the final week. And next week you're going to have conference tournaments. If you listen to this show, which you do, uh, next week you'll hear Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, this show will originate. I'll be broadcasting to you from Hoover Metropolitan Stadium up there on the third deck above the first base bag live at the SEC baseball tournament those four days. I'll be in town. My dad will be with me, and he'll be hanging out watching and all that kind of stuff. But this is the final week of the regular season, so everything's Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Ole Miss is at Tennessee. State is hosting South Carolina. And Southern Miss is going to host UAB Thursday, Friday, Saturday. For Southern Miss, they're going into the weekend in a tie for first place in Conference USA. Depending on how things go this weekend, Southern Miss either will or won't be your Conference USA regular season champ. They're going to be definitely in the tournament but whether or not they're champs it will affect their seeding and all that kind of stuff they are tied with florida atlantic florida atlantic two weeks ago took two out of three from southern miss but they're tied right now top of the conference and they're both playing teams at the bottom of the conference so southern miss playing uab and uh, florida atlantic is playing um middle tennessee state so there you go on that one. State is squared away. Almost doesn't matter what happened. They're going to be a national seed. Uh, pressure's off for them at this point as far as the postseason goes. But you want to finish strong. Um, Ole Miss needs every win they can possibly pile up. They want to try to even be in the hosting conversation. Most feel like they are out of it in terms of hosting after losing last night at Arkansas State in the midweeks. They've lost four in a row. Um, <clears throat> so it's an important series for them. They need to go up there and – and farewell, or seating is going to start to change for them at that point. And that's kind of what it is. Um, Jackson. The Mayo Man in Jackson said, I thought you were a multitask master. If you have things going on in your head that you can't listen to the homecoming queen, then maybe not so much. Hey, you heard that on your own. I never said I was a multitasking master. I'm the worst multitasker. Doggone says he wants to be able to go back and uh, watch that movie for the first time, White Men Can't Jump. That's out of nowhere. Good topic today. Roger always uh, comes up with something interesting. Let's do it again tomorrow, same time, same place, in the Farm Bureau studio. See you then. See ya. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.